Thank you for tuning in to the Worship Chat. I'm John. And I'm Eliza. Eliza, how's your week been? It's been pretty good. Um, a little wee bit stressful because we're getting ready for VBS. Yes, yes. So, this is always that time of year. I'm sure everybody can uh, appreciate that that goes to church. You know, yes. Everybody is on this VBS Express. <laughs> right. So trying to get all that done, and it's just been crazy week. One thing after another, right? One thing after another. And um, it's just been a wild time because it's like, oh, VBS is in a few weeks. VBS is in a few weeks. Oh, my word, VBS is next week. What all do I have to do? <laughs> well, I know. we See, we've been off for a couple weeks. Well, you went on vacation. Yes. Uh, I think. So you went off with the youth. We, we missed that week. You came back. We did one. And then I think you went on vacation yeah. for the next week. Yeah. Uh and then, and then my wife got COVID, right. so I was kind of when I, when I was actually planning on when I had my right. last Thursday, I was gonna I was ready to do one, and, yeah. and then it just everything fell apart with this COVID. Uh, guys, uh, wash your hands, uh, get your hand sanitizer back out because right <laughs> it seems to be going around. You yeah. you know a lot of people like I know like we have several church members. I was gonna throw throw under the bus, but we have several <laughs> church members that have gotten. Has yeah. picked up COVID, even though it hasn't had it before. Right. It's like two years later, and you're just getting it. I know. Well, luckily, the uh, this is like the the light end of you know right. what I'm saying, yeah, like yeah. the less the less mm-hmm. crippling one. But it's still yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, it's um, crazy. So yeah, it's been um, a lot going on. A lot going on. How did, uh, here, here, here's how weird it was. I know you know this, but I know nobody on you know online knows this. Like I went, uh, we had a, a church member that was like distressed, trying to figure out what's wrong with them. Couldn't get any answers. Couldn't get anybody to help them. I went over to their house, and when I went over there, their daughter was already there. So she said, "Well, she might have COVID. You want you want to come in?" I said, "Let me get my mask. I'll, I'll get my got my mask." Came in, sat down. We she, you know, I think it it hit about. 10 o'clock, I think I got there around 9.45, it hit about 10 o'clock, and they said, okay, we're going to do that, that test. And she went over there to the, like, next to me and did the test, and then looked at me and said, yep, she's got COVID. So, <laughs> and, so and so then I said, okay, all right, all right, okay, well, <laughs> it's been so long. And it almost feels like, you know, we've had this long gap mm-hmm. of, of nobody having it. And uh, and then so I went home, Cindy comes home, my wife, with my wife, comes home to test, she's got COVID, and I've... I, I felt like, oh my God. Like, I felt like, oh, you know, throw, throwing up your collar, disgusting. you know. <laughs> Let the oxygen thing fall from the ceiling. <laughs> and so, so yeah, been, that's what we've been dealing with for the, for the last week. But uh, luckily, I, I tested negative, and um, hopefully we're we're back for good. But uh, be safe. Yeah. Be safe at, at, any, <laughs> at sure. any level, okay? All right, now I want to start out with this. Uh, I found this. I'm a member of a um, like a SBC pastors like Facebook group, and uh, one of the um, one of the posts was uh, it says this. It says, "I would like to say on this fourth day of July, I am proud to be a citizen of the greatest, most blessed country in the world." I've been a Christian for over 55 years. Every church I've been displayed an American flag. Some say it is idolatry to, to have such a display. Not so. 
uh, at appropriate times, such as the 4th of July, we celebrate this nation. America was a God's idea in the first place. Our appreciation for this great land stems from the recognition of God's blessing on this land and its people. There is plenty of evidence of his hand in its creation. Check out the Mayflower Complex Pact. Here's a statement of their purpose. Having undertaken for the glory of God and advancement of Christian faith, a godly cause, if there ever was one, two-thirds of those settlers died in the first year. The signers of the Declaration of Independence, the great majority, identify themselves as Christians, and all but one were Protestants. Four were or had been ministers, and a number of the signees were the sons of clergy. About half of them had studied divinity at their various universities, state constitutions. State constitutions, the name of God is mentioned in the state constitution over 200 times. In spite of the move to remove God's hand from the creation of the nation, he still remains and has his hand in our affairs. We display the American flag in grateful recognition and appreciation of our Lord's hand in America today. Have a blessed fourth. I thought that was an interesting, interesting post. You know, you mentioned um, God's hand on America throughout American history. And and in the past, I have, um, I've shared some of these stories from, um, from our nation's history where it's, it's kind of like you see the hand of God uh, in the creation and some of our founding fathers. What do, what do you think about that or? What's your understanding about that? Because I know there's, I think the fear, like that's probably, that's the one side, okay? Mm-hmm. And the other side is, because um, nationalism is like a big word there, post-Trump. I, and I don't know if that was the catalyst for all the discussion, but um, patriotism in church, okay or not okay? Where do you, st- where do you stand with it? I, um, one... to that art or his post one is like i think like obviously like god's hand has been on america right um just like it is in every country you know and i think like i don't know when when you have a chance every sunday to put jesus first i'd never want to do anything especially in the world that we live in where it could be seen as putting america first before um Christ. Like we are here to worship the Lord. We're we're not here to worship America and people might not see themselves as worshiping America, but I think it can be a thing. And and that's not to say I am very proud to be an American and grateful for this country that we live in and God's hand and its whole history, you know? And I don't think that's wrong to say. But for a church service when you can have people coming in from all different backgrounds, races, whatever um you've got to put jesus first and everything okay well don't we have uh then would you believe then that um for mother's day for father's day that that's taking away from i mean if you believe it in in the patriotic holidays like america uh like uh july 4th labor day maybe memorial day do you believe that for father's day and mother's day too Yeah, I don't think that it, okay, I don't think it's wrong to recognize the things, but not let that be the priority of the service. Right. You know, like, obviously, I'm going to say, Happy Mother's Day, we have a gift for you. Happy Father's Day, we have a gift for you. Um, We're thankful for all the fathers, we're thankful for all the mothers, or Happy Fourth of July weekend, we're thankful, 
and blessed that we're able to like live in this country and have the freedoms that we have. But then I'm always going to try to direct it back to the Lord. Right. Of like, even so the freedoms that we have in this country, we have freedom in the Lord, you know, what he did for us. So yeah, like any holiday, I'm going to make sure that we, it gets the recognition, but then, all right, this is about Jesus. So, so what I hear you saying is like, well, like a lot of things, like food in moderation is needed. Food in excess is gluttony, gluttony. right? Right. And so what you're saying is like, you know, acknowledging it in right. moderation is okay. Yeah. But overly it becomes the equivalent of gluttony. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a good um, example of that. And so do you believe that, um, so when have I stepped over the edge if I led my church in the Pledge of Allegiance? Uh, I don't know, because in the past we've done that. And to me, I don't know, like, it, it's a weird point of, like, in the... It's in the church, you know, and like, like I said, like, it's fine. Like we can be proud to be an America, Americans, but in this building, we are pledging our allegiance to Jesus more than we're pledging allegiance to America. It's Christ first. God is a global God. He's not just the God of America. He's the God of Russia. He's the God of Brazil. He's the God of China. Like, you know, like, even if these countries like aren't so-called Christian countries, but then could we even argue we even a Christian country, you know? Well, sometimes I wonder myself. Well, yeah, I'd, I, and so I think we have to realize that, like, I think as Americans, because of how well we have it, we also like to own God of, like, God is ours. It can't be anyone else's. Even if, like, you don't say that, I think sometimes we think that and without realizing it. And so um, with that, like, I don't know. I think we can get so caught up in the patriotic songs. And, like, obviously, I'm going to sing them, you know, outside these walls. And, again, I'm super thankful about, you know, how God has blessed America. But we cannot, you know, let that guide our worship services into, like, us um, pledging our allegiance to America before we pledge our allegiance to the Lord or sing about America before we sing about the Lord. All right, let me throw something else at you. Though this is a real curveball. Oh gosh. Are you ready? Uh, yeah. All right. So if I was, um, I think uh, churches for African American community has been a place of, uh, well, to build community within within the African American communities, you know, just around. And so the church has been like a like a hub, and so. You know, in the past, we're like a Martin Luther King march or march against this or march against that. I think a church has been like the, the mm -hmm. foundation where, where that started, maybe a, ground, a grassroots from the churches. And so is, in, in your mind then, so what I hear you saying is that like, once again, I think in maybe in moderation, it's okay, but in, it can become like gluttony. Can that, is that true for... So any any subject, brother. Yeah, but like also like 
we, I think sometimes we let politics divide churches and we can get so political. So there's that, right? But then let's go to the fact of like how um, we are to fight, you know, injustices like of all kinds, whether whatever kind of church you're a part of. Like you see like things that are against the Bible that we go forward and like we're supposed to be that, but we're supposed to do it in love. Right. And I think there's a lack of love right now just in everything. And so it's, and it's weird. And I think it's the culture and the status of the America that we live in right now. Yeah. And that people are looking at the church as haters and what we are against more than what we are for and the love that we are supposed to have. So keep the focus on what it needs to be on. Right. Okay, now, now I, I made the, the choice. I, it's been several years ago. I have a friend that was, uh, I pl- posted a political meme that I just thought was hilarious. And he said, that's not accurate. I said, but I could totally see it happen. And, oh, you know, I thought, because I just thought this thing was just, was just great. I'm not even going to say the politician or the slant that it took. And, but that got me thinking, you know, look, I mean, if my, if that's going to be taken in the wrong way, it's not worth it to me to offend somebody, especially a friend. Right. So I'm not going to say whitewash, but I've just taken all the political posts down. You know, I don't, I don't do political right. posts on Facebook anymore. So uh, is that how is that your outlook? Do you have it? Do you express like political things on on social media? I don't. Um, one, I hate politics, and I know some people can call that privileged of hating politics, but I truly do. Like there is so much wrong, and I could get on it of like ha- my views on Washington and everything. But again, I hate that. Um, but I have, but I have to have them. Um, I feel like, but. Um, but, yeah, I don't ever want someone to go, that's look, okay, say they're looking to visit our church, right? Right. And they may have different views than me. Right. I mean, we've talked before how, right. like, they're going to visit online before they ever visit, right. like, in person. And I don't ever want someone to look on my page and be like, ugh, I'm not yeah. doing it because she thinks this or believes in this. and Because that's not for them. They can come to church and like and you can that's the thing is we have come up with a thing of like we if um you disagree with me you're the enemy right whereas i believe Mm -hmm. that you can disagree with someone on different stances and still love them and like you haven't agreed to disagree right right absolutely and i can still love them i can still have the best of time and be the best of friends with them absolutely and it's okay that we have these right. differences. And so I think also we don't realize how many p- people could possibly leave the church if, like, yes. something, you know. If they know. get offended by anything. Right. And so. Um, well, we know Christians don't get offended like oh, that. Oh, never. <laughs> um, I just don't want to take a chance of causing someone to stumble. Absolutely. Like we say, yeah. we always use, like, we don't drink because it can cause someone to stumble. We don't do this. Also, I think that can fit in the same category of I don't want to post something that may cause someone to stumble. Absolutely. I think I've, you know, one of the things that, that hit me is I, I don't want to be 
uh, a pastor just to the Republicans or just right. to the Democrats. I want to be everybody's pastor, you know, no matter what they feel politically. Right. And then some people can't separate that, like you're talking about. Right. You know? Some people can't separate it, and they have made their political party their personality. Yeah. And that just, like, that gets me. I don't understand. But, like, I think, like, honestly, like, take a look and, like, pray over that if you're, like, oh, like, I'm not going to, I don't care if a Democrat or, or a Republican hears my words. Well, you should. Yeah. Because we're people. Yeah. Well, you should. And if you were saying that you are actively following Jesus and you are marginalizing a whole group of people, um, because they go against what you believe, um, that ain't good. That ain't good. Absolutely. All right, I wanted to jump to like another topic real quick. Um, there's an article by Carrie Newhoff on uh, five signs your world is spinning out of control. Mm. And uh, one of the things that I think it's kind of he's kind of highlighting. He did this and another one that I could not find. Couldn't lay my hands on. Uh, before the podcast, but talk, basically talking about burnout. I just want to hit like these, the, these five, and just discuss them if we can do that. Yeah. That okay. Absolutely. And this is by like Carrie Newhoff, and if you if you don't get Carrie's uh, emails, <laughs> you need to. I mean, it, it, you'll find something sure. in there to make you think. All right. I, I like one of the things that uh, without just reading the whole thing. He's, there's a statement in the, in the first like opening paragraph that the second paragraph that says busy has a price and often that price leads to a leader's world spinning out of control. It's not just the price you pay, it's a price everybody pays. Your family, your team, and your church. And one of the things that I think kind of like, you know, hit me is because uh, you have number one, both of us have not taken much of a vacation in the past two years uh, for right obvious reasons probably like four years I, yeah I, I mean yeah. I've been here four years and I haven't taken much and a lot, <laughs> a lot of times and uh, in, in my life anyway like my vacation is spent um, like in my early part of my marriage it was spent okay okay we spent my vacation going to see my mom or her parents my parents and I was kind of like, oh my gosh, we got to. And then I finally did, took me, Cindy and I and Nathan went on a vacation. It's before Riley Beth. And I was like, oh my God. I, I was able to, I exhaled, you know what I mean? <laughs> Inhaled and exhaled. And, and you just got back from that. So I thought maybe you'd have some like a fresh words in addition to what's what's in here, you know? Yeah, no, I, um, I literally, I looked back and my last vacation was in 2017. Yeah. And that's been five years. That's before you started here. That's right? before I started here. Yeah. I went to New York in November of 2017. Right. And so I have not had a vacation since because, it, like, me going out of town has been on youth trips yeah. or, like, concerts where, like, we're trying to get back. Like, it's, like, fast. It's not, like, a vacation. It's literally, like, driving hours in a car, go to a concert, yeah. and get back in the car and drive. And so I... Took a week of vacation. I went to Florida and I um, went to a friend's wedding. And even though we had the wedding stuff, like it was just so much fun. Like we had a lot of free time. It was the first free time, and like it was kind of like we woke up and kind of did whatever, and then went did wedding stuff the two days, and 
then had fun and and the wedding stuff was just fun and seeing a lot of people that I hadn't seen in a while and so it was like a breath of fresh air only to get back and I felt last week like I needed a vacation just from last week yeah I think sometimes like in in ministry our um, our spiritual life and our work life are so like commingled mm-hmm. it's just it's that much more on you right yeah I mean it's like you never it's in other words if I had a if I were just a church member I'd have a secular job and then I'd come to church and that would be my relaxing well this is where we work yeah you know what I'm saying like our rest and it's and it's great and we can it's not like we can't worship or right. we don't worship but it's 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 worship with without having to think about okay what comes next or am I supposed to be here or there or right. making sure everything's working right in the back but let's just go through these and see if you can uh, see if you relate to these okay. okay number one it's he says you're too afraid to slow down what? when your world spins out of control you convince yourself you can't take any time off the default solution in your mind is this work more Yet that's a futile line of thinking. There are actually just a fixed number of hours in the day. You can't create more. And the more you work, the less effective you become. It's the critical that you get under what's driving your irrational reluctance to slow down. Chances are that when you look, you'll find fear. Fear usually drives the belief you can't slow down. And that's always a bad sign for leaders. Anytime fear is in the driver's seat, God isn't. That's a mic drop. Oh, yeah. Anytime fear is in the driver's seat, God isn't. Fear isn't all that depends. Fear says it all depends on me. God says, Mm. no, it doesn't. Fear says if it's going to get done, I have to do it myself. God says, so you're just going to ignore the 7 billion other people I created. Fear says if I don't keep pushing, it's all going to fall apart. God says, what what happened to the rest? What, What happened to rest? Naturally, there's a tension. Leadership requires effort, heart, skill, and perseverance. And there are seasons where you will simply need to burn the midnight oil and push through. But seasons can't become patterns, and patterns can't become your default. If you feel like you're too busy to slow down, you're simply too busy. I didn't mean to be attacked like this. Wow. (laughs) I'm all up in your grill with this one, huh? Yes. I think that's, I don't know why I say, I'm not a, um, personally, I'm not a, I have to be busy all the time. Like, I don't, I don't go home and just keep walking and sit down. I go home and I just collapse, right? Okay, yeah. And so I know how to, that's my coping mechanism, I guess, when I get home. I'm just like, yeah. You know, just try to turn on the TV and think about something completely else. Fill, fill your mind with something completely different no and my thing is is like now i can't i've been so busy that i can't watch tv shows like i normally would yeah because and that's your escape right right and i can't do that now because it's like i have to focus on the storyline on what's going on yeah. and i'm like i got too much storyline in my own life and so yeah. and i just collapse and i honestly just like sit on tiktok and just so they're like any seconds to three minutes and I just I watch and I scroll and I scroll and like it's tiny snippets where I don't have to even really pay attention right and so and so it has to be when I get rest now where I'm able to watch a TV show and like I hate that 
Except for the other day, I woke up at like five something in the morning and finished the Stranger Things show. Like, yeah. Um, and I'm like, I definitely needed a rest. Um, but I couldn't go to sleep, and it's it's crazy. I think there are some times like where your phone feels like a drug too. Like oh, it's yeah. like um, like I'm in bed and I can't sleep, and I automatically reach for it. Stop. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, okay. I will. Like I'm doing. I do what you do. Like just to like. Yeah. Just realize, I mean, that's the, def- he talks about the default, like that word. That's your default. You know, that's where you go to. And literally, two times this week, I was using my phone for something. I said, where's my phone? Like, I was on the phone talking, having a phone call. Oh, yeah. When I was looking around, I'm like, where's my phone? And. Oh, I've done that before. I said, I, I, I didn't have any other, like, piece, piece of equipment. And I was on the phone. I was just like, what am I supposed to be doing now that. Because I'm talking to this person on the phone, and right, I, you know, I'm saying like, I'm like where, where am I looking? You know, yeah. It's all, yeah, I totally get that. So I think that is, that's that's one thing that is just kind of taken over. And one of the things I think the other one, the other uh, article, I think that article that I sent you, like, has been so it's been so many weeks ago, we both lost it. Right. But it was part of like uh, building your worship team, so you're not the main right person. That was the that was the thing mm-hmm. behind that. And I think, like, I've had churches that think, oh, you're the main, you're the guy. If you're not doing it, it it's not getting done. Right. And that's a bad mentality to have. I don't need to be, like, the main guy, right? right. Uh, I need to be building people. I've heard some people say, like, work your way out of a job. You know, you need to be building a, a support around you where, Everything doesn't hinge on you. Right. It's like if we do that, if we become like one man or one woman shows, we become like an upside down pyramid where the pyramid, the point is us and it all funnels through us. That's a bottleneck, right? Yeah. And really we need to build like a a right side up pyramid, like a base Mm -hmm. of people that's working with us and where it's, you can, you can step out and somebody else steps in. Yeah. And like. For me, like, God has taken me through this season in life right now of, um, I don't have to do it myself. Right. And I don't like that because I like doing things because it says if I don't, if it's going to get done, I have to do it myself. Like, I've come up with that mentality that, like, it all depends on me. If it's going to be right, I know how to do it. I'm going to, you know. Well, the thing was, I read somewhere to say it's easier if you do it yourself, but it's not healthy if right. you do it yourself. Exactly. And right. the Lord's like truly showing me of like, it's okay to delegate. Right. And because I also think like, maybe you're like me and I feel like we're about to get into psychology or something, therapy, I don't know, um, of like, I have. think we all have a sense of we want to be needed. Yes. And so if we don't do that or if we take the week <laughs> off or something like that, we in our mind it's built up to if I don't take a week off like I'm not gonna like if other people do it that means that they're gonna take my spot and I'm not gonna be needed there is the psychology of like okay <laughs> I'm not uh, you take the week off and you're not rooting for their failure either right, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> yes I mean like you need to be and that's a growth thing just totally growth uh, yeah. thing right I mean because 
you you kind of in the back of your mind you kind of I want them to struggle a little bit so when I'm the, not there. You then know I'll come saying? and be the hero next. And week. and you come back and they and they oh man we had a great worship I, I service. I know. Like, oh my gosh, whatever you know. And then but, I just I go back with like my tail between my legs, like. <laughs> yeah, but that shows something. I mean, yeah. that says something right there. You're that that your team was strong enough to. Right, and that's you know on that's on you, honestly. Yeah. Of like how like you are as a leader, and and I think like from that like went because that happened a few weeks ago with my first Sunday off of like the Lord seeing showing me like see, see yeah. this is what right this is what, what can happen this is what can happen um, if you just let go a little bit and let me lead more than you try to hold on and lead and do it yourself absolutely all right let's get to number number two. It says, your activity is increasing while your productivity is decreasing. One sure sign of a leader whose world is spinning out of control is this, a ton of activity and very little productivity. Some leaders work massive amounts of hours but produce less than other leaders who don't put it in as many hours and still manage to do more. Activity does not equal productivity. One sure sign your world is spinning out of control is that there is an adverse relationship between hours worked and things accomplished. Too often you end up staring at a blank screen when you should just have gone home mm-hmm. or gone to bed or played with your kids or gone for a run. Ironically, one of the best things to cure a lack of productivity is work less, not more. At least for a season. Try it. Now that's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's so true. I think like um, you can work the hours and you're not as productive because there's been times where I've been like super productive. So like I like have kind of done the mentality of like if I'm busy, 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 busy for like two hours or whatever, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop myself and be like, all right, let me just breathe. Right. Let me, let me get on my phone and do something, you know, like that I want to do or whatever. Like just let me scroll through Facebook for like I set a timer for myself. And then, but the thing is, you once your timer's up, you got to get back and right. be productive again. But like, I think like for my mental health and like everything, it's like, alrighty, I can be productive in these small amounts instead of running, running, running for long hours. And so, so like for example, um, tomorrow we're gonna be doing VBS. And so I told people to get here at nine thirty, nine to twelve. Let's work, unless everyone, if you can, go to lunch. Like that's how I'm gonna do it tomorrow. It was like, let's go to lunch. Take that time, regroup, and come back, and we'll finish what we need to finish. And I think that's healthy leadership if you were also working that example. Right. And I, I think, like, you and I, like, I just finished my master's a couple of years ago. You just graduated from college not too long ago. And one of the things, like, when you're in the middle of a paper and you just hit a wall, and you're, yeah. and you're like that, he's talking about just staring at a blank screen. Mm-hmm. And I've stepped away from it. I've stopped taking a break. And I know I've spent 30 minutes trying to get a sentence out, but when I, when I took away, it was like pressing reset on my brain. It's like restarting your computer again. It Something clicks, and you just start yeah. working again. It starts picking up. Yeah, and I think like we don't associate that with work as well, or ministry as well. Right. Because I think like we have this thing of like we have to be on 24-7 of like doing this, 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 and this, and this, and this, when it's okay, like if I like am doing like church work here, doing this, this, and this, I've had a pretty busy week, but like to take that time, like, all right, I'm going to be much more productive if I take a breather and come back. 
All right, listen to number three. This is going to hit you right. The line between work and leisure mm -hmm. are blurred. I love the age we live in, but being connected everywhere and all the time comes with its own set of challenges. Work used to be something you went to and came home from. Now, thanks to smartphones, work is something you carry in your pocket. When your world is spinning out of control, the lines between work and leisure are blurred. You're never off at home, and you're so out of control that when you're at work, you're not really home. You're tired. Maybe you run errands during the day and work at night, and as a result, you feel like you never get any rest. Change that. Set up some boundaries. Work when you work. Play when you play. Rest when you rest. That's mm, good. That is. Yeah, I think that's so true because, like, I'll be like, oh, I forgot to make a slot or something, and I'm sitting on my couch making it at oh, yeah. home. Yeah, you know, like, you do your sermon slides most of the time. Saturday like, night. Yep, while you're at home. I do, like, my last, my last push or my last tweaks to my sermon. I get done with that, and then I do my sermon slides, like, right before I get done. And then we load them up when we get here Sunday morning. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. All right, here we go. Number four, you're, you underreact or overreact to almost everything. One sure sign you cross the line and your world is spinning out of control is that your reactions to things around you and within you are disproportionate. When your world is spinning out of control, you're either numb to everything or you overreact to everything. Your emotions should be proportional to what's happening around you. You should be happy when you're supposed to be happy and you should be sad when you're supposed to be sad. Oh. Okay, so uh, Carrie, like, uh, um, I feel called out again. I feel, I feel like he's standing in the corner of our office sometimes. Okay, now when, <laughs> <laughs> when things get out of control, I think sometimes, I, I think this, like, I feel that more when I'm, and this is going into a totally another area, when I'm physically drained. Uh huh. You know what I'm saying? When I don't get enough sleep. Yeah. That's that's me. When I oh. when I get you were we were laughing this a minute ago about being hangry. Yeah. You know, yeah. when you when you get that when I get that way, that's mm -hmm. me. Exactly. Right? Yes. Mm hmm Yeah, like I feel like there's I, this is just me this if this just summed up my summer of um <laughs> the past few months of my life, this is it. Um so that says about me is the, <laughs> Don't you wish you could read don't you wish you could rewind to the year of intentionality? Because this year is not them. It's, yeah, yeah. Uh, even though I think you're growing, but you're not. You're not. Uh, oh yeah, God. Yeah, God's he's, taking. He's me. teaching us something that's a little harder than the year of intentionality. Oh yeah, the year of intentionality. That was great. <laughs> this year has just been God taking me through multiple things of yeah, like God growing you through a yeah. lot of different areas. Um, but literally, this is me. Um. The amount of times that I've cried or been like, I don't care. Let's just do whatever. Right. And, like, that's not, both, like, it is not okay to come to the point of, like, I truly don't care. Like, I'm done, you know, do whatever <laughs> to get it done. Okay, now this is a, uh, this is a great transition to number five. Nothing's fun anymore. Remember when leadership was fun? Remember when life was fun? And your world is spinning out of control. That memory can feel like it's a long time ago. You may be tempted to believe it can never be fun again. That's a lie. Sure, leadership is hard, but just because it's hard doesn't mean it can't be fun. Leaders whose worlds are spinning out of control never smile, which is just too, which is too bad because they have a heavenly father who still smiles at them. 
in the season seasons I've stopped having fun. I've had to pause long enough, sleep long enough, and and pray long enough to realize mm. I've lost perspective. When you're lost perspective, just remember God hasn't lost His. Ooh, Ooh. goodness gracious! Dang, another mic drop. Without a new strategy and an approach, it's easy to continue to sacrifice family on the altar of work, overcommit, and underdeliver. Have no time for what you actually want to do. Struggle to get time off to refuel and relax. Worst of all, people, other tasks, jobs, and projects will continue to hijack your life. It's time to change that by implementing strategy that works. Wow. And then he kind of goes into like his uh, his little sales pitch for what he's he's working on but when you dip oh man everything he's saying is like dead on dead on dead on dead yes. on like i don't like every, every article he's come out with i don't agree with but man this one is like so good yes i'm just like yes um i needed to hear this yes me 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 yes me, me. exactly thank you carrie for you or spying in our office yeah yeah and my life <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> all right now you can pick on somebody else exactly right? <laughs> I think, you know, one of the things that hit me on night number five is that, and I heard this years ago, when you look out into the congregation and all you see is enemies, yeah, you're burning out. You're burning out, right? Yeah. You're, you're, you've gone too far. You've hit this, this wall that he's talking about. Yeah. And you're spinning out of control. Um, obviously, this, one, this talk right here is more geared toward leaders than it is for... Joe Pusetter, but I think it's something that you can, um, if this is not you, if you are, uh, if you're just a member of a church listening to this and this doesn't, that part doesn't apply to you, you know better after this how to pray for your leaders right. and those people in, in, in leadership positions in your church. So, so make sure you do that. Make sure you pray for them because a lot of this that you've heard it's something that I go through, something Eliza's gone through, and a lot of pastors I know are going to go through these stages. So make sure that you, you pray and you are an encourager. Be a Barnabas to your pastor yeah. and your leadership at your church. Absolutely. Absolutely. Alrighty, we ready for our quotes of the week? Quotes of the week. Alrighty. So mine is, um, there's a word in here that I'm going to try to say correctly. It's a Hebrew word, so um, please bear with me. Okay. Okay. Richard J. Foster says, To worship is to know, to feel, to experience the resurrected Christ in the midst of the gathered community. It is a breaking into the Shekinah of God, or better yet, being invaded by the Shekinah of God. Shekinah? Shekinah. Shekinah. I think you're right on. That's how a pastor said it just like that yeah. do that one more time read that one more time to worship is to know to feel to experience the resurrected christ in the midst of the gathered community it is a breaking into the shekinah of god or better yet being invaded by the shekinah of god right isn't that like the holy of holies yeah i believe that's like the talking it's an allusion to the presence of god yeah that came down in the holy of holies and they would call that the shekinah glory of god yeah the uh Oh, that is really good. That's really good. I don't know where you found that, but that's awesome. Mine, I've already posted this on our um, Facebook page, Worship Chat. It says, Worship is the submission of, of all our nature to God. Archbishop William Temple. Mm. 
I don't know where that brother is, but he hit the nail right on the head. Yeah. It's the submission of all our nature to God. I, think, I, I mentioned last night, we're talking about faith. And, and really, when, when your faith becomes not something you attend, but something you are, I mean, that's when you're, you're doing it right. That's when you're walking like God has right. intended us to walk. So like like this quote, it's a submission of all our nature to God. It's all of who we are. It's, it's total, like the word surrender comes to mind when I think about that quote. Are we ready for our songs of the week? All right. I'm kind of um, glad. This has kind of been my song for the past two weeks. It was one I was going to use last week. And I'm just like, well, you know what? I'm still into this song. Yeah. So I'm going to use it again. Um, it's For All My Life by Taya. Um, she is, was, we don't really know her status of, um, being with Hillsong United, but if you know Oceans, she sings Oceans. Right. Um, she is the voice behind Oceans. <laughs> um, but she has a solo album and it's really good. Um, but she has this one song and before I get into it, it sounds much like it could be a Crowder song, hmm. but it's called For All My Life. So it says, when my troubles are too a little too heavy, who can I turn to share the weight? When my mind is cluttered and cloudy, who can I turn to to clear the way? Who can I turn to? I turn to you. I won't lean on my own understanding. I will let go, follow empty-handed. You say your yoke is easy. You say your burden's light. So I'll let you lead me for all my life. Um, and I'm, I'm just going to do verse 2 because I really like verse 2. When my past is still trying to haunt me, who can I turn to to give me grace? When my future is a little uncertain, who can I turn to turn to today? Then who can I turn to? I turn to you. And then it's the chorus and the bridge. Um, some days are long, some work is tough. Whatever I lack, you make it up. Your yoke is easy, your burden is light. You gave me love, you gave me you gave me life, you gave me love. Whenever I'm dry, you fill my cup. And then it goes, I just really like that. It's just so good. Mm. Um, and a good reminder of like we don't have to carry it at all or lean on our own understanding but let God lead you yes I, I think it's I think maybe that what you just said kind of hits on like what we just got through talking mm-hmm. about too like I think every now and then we feel like we've got to pull the rope we've got right. to to get there and it's not on us it's, for, it's, it's on God exactly and I think that's where burnout starts is when we start looking at I have to do this I got to do this I'm doing this too much blah 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 it's I I I I I instead of right. focusing on the Lord who is leading you who has called you and equipped you in the first place oh absolutely alright mine was I won't move life worship and this is uh, I want to ask you one more thing before you before move on to mine okay you said that's like a Crowder song. Now what makes it like a Crowder song? What, what like it literally sounds like, like music-wise. Like instrumentation. It, like instrumentation, different. sound, like it could be a Crowder song. Okay. And it's very different from, it's more like um, bluesy yeah. country. It's okay, not I, I, country-ish. I feel that then. Like folky. Yeah, you like know, she did, that, uh, she did that song with Crowder. Yeah, like not too long ago. So maybe she did get a lot of influence from him. All right. Yeah, maybe. So this is like uh, I won't move life worship. Like you, when you listen to like the uh, 
if you look at the YouTube video, uh, it's just a you know a, a girl at the piano, the spotlight on on her. So it's more like a personal worship than it is like a corporate worship song. But listen to the lyrics. It says, "Find me here again in the place we met, where hopelessness meets grace." I love that line. Quiet all the noise, every whispered lie, put to rest by perfect peace. Even in my doubt, I will not forget. You're all faithful still to me. I won't take a single step till I hear your voice. I surrender. When my eyes cannot see, it's your voice that's leading me. Out of darkness and into light, it's your love. It's breaking through the night. I won't move until you speak. I won't move until you speak. Here I wait for you in the silence now. I'm holding on to your truth. I won't take a single step till I hear your voice. I surrender. And when my eyes cannot see, it's your voice that's leading me out of the darkness and into light. It's your love. It's breaking through the night. I won't move until you speak. Says that four times. You break the walls apart. You heal the wounded heart. I won't move until you speak. You calm the raging sea. You crush the enemy. I won't move until you speak. You break the walls apart. You heal the wounded heart. You've been there from the start. I won't move until you speak. You calm the raging sea. You crush the enemy. You set the broken free. I won't move until you speak. When you, when my eyes cannot see, it's your voice that's leading me out of darkness and into light. It's your love breaking through the night. I won't move until you speak. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's good. I know it's oh, like that's real good. God, so many songs like, um, like someone. I remember years ago it was it was an interview with Garth Brooks, mm-hmm. and. And Garth didn't like write a lot of his songs, but he had a, he internalized all the everything that he sang. And so someone asked him one time. He says, "Did you write that song?" And he said, "No, but I wish I had." And that's what yeah. I think when I when I when I read that. I'm like, "Why didn't I write that song?" Right. <laughs> that is so amazing. It spoke to me. So yes. So that's mine. It's called "I Won't Move" for Life Worship. That's Craig Rochelle's church, and yours was by Taya. Taya. And we believe that she is still a Hillsong, possibly. We don't know. <laughs> whatever the status is there. But continue to pray for them. Absolutely. But yeah, that's it. All right, this has been an uh, interesting podcast. I've enjoyed the conversation today. Absolutely. And I hope you've gotten something from it, from either one of those talks, either on like patriotism in the church or or just like doing too much or, or signs mm-hmm. that you're approaching burnout you're doing too much (laughs) yes so take time uh take time and pray let these things seek in if you can use our quotes use those quotes if you can use these songs use these songs and i pray that this podcast blesses you as much as it blesses us just being able to uh, talk about worship y'all have a great week i'm john and i'm elasa thanks for tuning in to the worship channel